guys, and welcome to the second episode of the Quarantines Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about mental health with our special guest, Techno Alecno. Hello, hello. Oh, guys, don't clap for me. <laughs> I clapped. Um, <laughs> um, for those of you who do know and who don't know, Techno Alecno, aka our friend Joey, um... Joey is in grade 12 and she is um, just amazing, um, very activist when it comes to um, LGBTQIA plus rights and mental health. We're just going to be talking with her about mental health and Bellet's talk day and all of that and stuff surrounding those two topics. Yes, thank you for having me, first of all very great opportunity of course you no know, i get these i get these rolling in all the time with so many people want to talk to me but i rarely make appearances because i like to uh keep on like the down low you know so uh but you guys are my friends so i thought you know what i'll do it for you guys thank you thank you we really appreciate it You're very um we're su- <laughs> we're super happy that you can join us today on today's episode um so like Keaton said, Joey is a very is very passionate about mental health. Um, she, um, Joey, do you want to tell us a little bit about your mental health and your journey with it? Yeah, sure. So ever since I was a little kid, like I experienced a lot of anxiety, and at the time we didn't really know what it was. And um, when we finally like pinpointed that it could be that, um, I saw like a lot of doctors. I was going to doctor's office. Um, like pediatricians, specialists. Um, I finally got into a mental health uh, hospital at McMaster where they could diagnose me with anxiety finally. Um, And the process for that stuff just takes a very long time. And to be completely honest, I'm very upset about like how our Canada runs our mental health system because it's not, it's not the best thing ever. I know these things are like really hard, but at the same time, I feel like there's a lot more things that we can do. But so like, I basically had to wait a very long time to try to even receive help for my anxiety. And then through that, I did CBT, which stands for cognitive behavioral therapy. So that's basically just re it's helping your brain try to sort out and try to, um, rewire it to help you like turn your negative thoughts and these instances where you're in um that can be that can trigger your anxiety and I only got a couple sessions of that because it's super expensive and we went through our benefits and even that like it like that barely does anything to help so um and with that too we always thought that like prescriptions and medication for this was always kind of like a last resort for me but at the end of the day we had already gone through the stuff and just it wasn't working out so I went on some anxiety medication that um I did that for a while when I thought that I could kind of deal with it myself and try to I felt like I was in a better place with it I went off of it but within the past year in quarantine, I think it's been hard for like everybody. I think like a lot of teenagers can say that they've experienced a lot of 
stuff but this time I felt like it came back and it was just like so weird for me because I feel like I'm such a social person and a lot of teenagers are right I mean right. like we all love to like hang out together and do these things so when you can't do that and it's taking that away then it's like what am I doing with myself like you're sitting alone every day thinking which yeah. is a really hard thing to just be alone for that long so it got worse and once again I tried to reach out and this time they're telling me that like it could be depression and all these things and blah blah but even now I'm still waiting I'm still waiting to receive help even it's been months like I talked to somebody in December and I'm still haven't been to a therapy session yet and I've just been like I go to the doctor every single time and he's like here's an antidepressant this one isn't working for me okay here's another one that one isn't working for me here's another one thank god I finally found one that's good for me but at the same time prescriptions aren't something that I feel like will can work long term like I like it's scary to think that like I'm almost 18 and I don't want to be on this for the rest of my life like that's a really terrifying thought to have um but for now, like, this is what I have to do. And like, I go to the doctor again and he's like, here's ADHD medication that didn't work. And I'm, I, I'm one of the few people that I feel like, and I'm very grateful for this, that I can actually like try to, I'm like, okay, this is the spot I'm at. This is what I need to do. And I went and took steps for myself to try to better. Cause like nobody was basically giving me the help I needed. And that's a really hard thing because like I, I was even looking at some stuff this morning and in Canada uh, one out of five children who need help for mental health issues only one out of five people receive it wow that's is, really like, low. yeah it is and it's like I feel like we just can just do better in those things and um, and I feel like we want to talk, you guys like mentioned that you guys want to talk about the Let's Talk Day and all these things. And um, I think that like that goes hand in hand with our system because it's just like none of these things are working. Right. Yes. It's just very, it's just very sad how these things are like run and it's very frustrating. And like I talked to so many people and like that's the good thing is that with social media, there's lots of downsides to it. And I'm sure if you like, I totally recommend watching The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you guys have watched that yet. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah. So like that one was like, it was terrifying to watch, right? Yeah, it was definitely an eye opener. That's for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, okay, yeah, I've definitely experienced these things that they're talking about. But at the same time, I was like, okay, um, in quarantine like I know that I literally couldn't have survived without it um it was just one of those things that it was like okay if I'm away from my friends I'm so grateful that I can still have social media to connect with them and talk to them like I was facetiming people every single day and doing these things and that's like I think that's a great thing but um like even reaching out to like people and talking to them like they're we're all experiencing the same thing I feel a lot of the time and it's just it's like really hit like our like gen z like very hard i think just to be where like the world is in right now and all these things so um before like i don't want to just like keep rambling and talking but i know that we put on our keen put on instagram a thing about questions so i thought that do you know if anybody 
Right. Yeah, I'll go look right now. Um. Well, one thing I do want to mention is that it's very true that like doctors and psychologists or not psychologists like um, psychiatrists they will often pro- prescribe medication before like just it's like the first route which it's really like sad because no one really wants like that a medication is stigmatized and mental health in general is just stigmatized um but like yeah. even an example like I was 13 and I was in the process of being diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and they were trying to um like put me on Prozac which is an anti-anxiety medication and like it's weird at 13 I'd be taking something that I was like, around that age too when I went yeah. on I went on and that was something that I was like I really don't want to have to take this but it was my last option it was the first one doctor's hand up yeah, and I think that like it's there. Everyone's treatment plan is completely different. So like for me, what everyone worked, has a different approach to how they need things. Like that's what everyone is completely different in what they need, and it's like not mental health help doesn't work in the same way for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. It um everyone has a different way of being treated and like a different approach. Exactly. So it's very sad to see like, um, and even sad to see people having to wait like six months to get mental health help. Like, um, especially because psychology is one of the most on like demanded um, like groups that um, youth go into for education. There are like, it's one of the most competitive um, subjects. And that's actually where I applied for university. I applied to three different universities for programs for psychology and another one for commerce. But um, for me, like I applied to that because I'm like through outgoing um, with trying to receive all this help for like my mental health and all these things. I just realized like, this is crazy. Like it shouldn't be like this. And first of all, I want to do something to help it. But right now as a teenager, there's not like a lot you can do and it sucks because we're the ones that are most impacted by this and the systems they put in place. And yet they're, they're failing us. And it sucks that we can't do a lot. So like that was something that if I at least went to school for that, I would have a little bit of power and more, I, I was more educated to do that. And also just like helping people that I know that's a lot of those things that people go to psychologists for, um, just to help people that were in similar situations as me and like helping them through it, just like really attracted me. And um, like I, I went, I fell in love with like psychology when I went to like school, when I switched from the public school to the school I'm at now, um, I like, took the course and I was like whoa this is like fascinating so yeah I agree Joey with what you're saying and I think it's absolutely amazing that you want to pursue like a mental health and psychology and all those things after like post-secondary uh university at MAC and I think that's amazing um something else that I think is super important is that I feel like schools aren't touching on the subject of mental health enough like I think and I and I think a lot of people could agree with me too as well like you guys um they they could definitely well um, let me just put this into perspective a little bit more is that when I 
went to the public high school I was at, um, I came from a middle school where I was being bullied constantly and hated going from school. Now I'm going into high school, barely have any friends, barely know anyone at this new school. Luckily, I made some friends and it was okay. But for the most part, like, I would get in the car at the end of every single day and I would literally tell my mom, like, I'm not going back. Like, I do not want to go back. Like, don't make me go. Like, I would, I would hate waking up in the morning to go to school. Right. And, and most people do, but, like, it's just, like, it was, like, a struggle to literally be, like, opening my eyes and be, like, I have to go back. And I literally went to guidance several times. I went to teachers. I went to the vice principal. I did everything I could. Nothing. And this was be- before I was even like diagnosed with like ADHD and everything was that I went to, gu- I would go to guidance and I would be like, I strongly believe I have ADHD. Like, I don't know what I can do. And their suggestions for me were sit closer to the teacher. Don't sit near your friends. I'm like, my friends are the only thing that's helping me at the school right now. And you're right. taking that away from me to try to help me. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, personally, um, yeah. I believe that they they don't give good mental health advice because they, number one, aren't even qualified to, and number two, they don't have good advice yeah. to give. And they- I, I went to this public school for two years and I had four different guidance counselors. They were always switching. And one of them was a football coach. He didn't even know what he was doing. Like, how can you just be like, stick a person in this position to help kids and they have no clue what they're doing? Like, it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it definitely carries a lot of frustration with it. And I agree. And I'm sure a lot of other students and teenagers in this day and age can 100% agree with your frustration and they can relate. Um Something... And at the same time, it feels good that I'm not the only one experiencing it, but at the same time, it doesn't because it's like, how many people are experiencing this and how many people are this frustrated and still nothing is happening? And if this yeah. makes you feel like this, then you know that something isn't right. Something isn't adding up. Yeah. So what do you think the school system, maybe not even the school system, but like our generation in general could do to help educate ourselves and become more known or for mental health to become more known as a subject in school and outside of school I think the thing is is that what I love about universities is they do offer a lot of like free like therapy and like all these things and like group sessions and all that and I think high schools need to have something like that they need to have like not even like in Canada, like it's a lot different from how like the U.S. school system is run. But in the U.S., like they have like nurses and everything in there, and like we don't really have that in Canada or at right. least anywhere around us. But like I think that they literally need to have somebody in the guidance office that is a trained um, therapist or a psychologist or whatever, because right. I literally I t- I would tell teachers. I hate being here. I don't want to do this. I like, I wasn't. And then they would call my mom and tell tell her that I was being rude in class. And I was like, no, this is me struggling and you not helping me. Right. So and maybe at that like- point, I felt stupid because I didn't know I had ADHD at the time. And everyone was basically telling me I did. And I didn't know how to go about that. And that was just another thing that I felt like, oh my God, like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, what am I supposed to do? 
And I had, I had at that point, I know I had anxiety and I literally just stopped trying. I'm like, I'm not receiving any of the help I'm getting. I hate going to school. I have a few friends that I don't even share classes with. And I would just, my mom would literally drop me off at school. I would go to one, maybe two classes and I would bust home and go and play video games the whole entire day because that's what made me happy. And I was like, I'm not, I didn't even want to go to college. Like I was like, okay, I was literally counting down the days until I graduated. And I'm so like, I literally thank God every single day that I had the opportunity to go to the school that me and Ayla go to in order because that literally saved me. I went from a kid that hated going to school, hated waking up in the morning, um, had bad grades, like very few friends. Now where I'm at this other, this new school and I want to go to university. My grades are pretty good right now. And like our, like our school, literally a family. That's true. Yeah. Like it's, just, it's crazy to me. And like, that's another thing too, is that we have open discussions about mental health and all these things at school. And a lot of classes don't do that because what they're, what they do is, okay, hurry up, learn this, memorize it, memorize it so you can put it on a test and then we're moving on. doesn't matter if you're struggling. doesn't matter if you don't get it. We don't have time for that because it's in the curriculum. Yeah. And it's failing kids. And that's another thing that puts a lot of pressure on. Like all these things are connected, the school systems, um, mental health, like all these things are just intertwined and it's all just messing us up. Yeah, they should have mental health um, professionals in especially public school system. But the problem is, is that um, not a lot of it's mental health is still stigmatized and not a lot of school boards want to put in the money and put in the effort to pay people to help high school students. Funny thing I find and I hate about Bella's talk days everyone's trying to end this stigma around mental health and whatever and I feel like we are getting a lot better when we get to a place where it's because everyone's as we know a lot of teenagers are experiencing it right now but at the same time the kids that used to make fun of me and bully me and call it like make the crudest nicknames you can imagine will literally post that filter and think that they're good on Bella's talk right and be like oh yeah like everyone like reach out to me if you're experiencing this that like mental health is so real it's like okay so you're in the clear because you posted this and some big corporate company is donating 50 cents we're not even I don't even know how many it is I mean was it five cents maybe yeah I think yeah it's, it's like five, five cents, cents they went down yeah of course they did um because the more money they make and profit off of it the more they want it that makes a lot of sense but anyways, they basically are like, okay, yeah, like this corporate company's donating five cents. I'm in the clear. But in the meanwhile, they're being rude to kids. They're making people hate their lives. How is that? How's that adding up? Yep, you do have a very fine point. It's kind of ironic how um... every single year on Bella's Talk Day, I literally am in the worst mood ever. I'm the worst yeah. mood Like, so, you talk to me, and I will just bitch and complain to you about it. Yeah. So, Joey, could you kind of explain a little bit, like, what Belt Let's Talk Day is for, for people who might not know it and why you are against it? Kind of, like, what they're doing. And I'm not against wrong. the movement, per se. I just want to clear that. Like, I think 
um, that ending the stigma is a very important thing. And I think that we are getting closer to that and we're doing a lot better. But the whole Bella's Talk Day thing is one, it's just a huge publicity stunt. All they want to do is make themselves look good. And oh yeah, we're donating five cents today for every person that uses this. And 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 this year, something that really got to me too was that they used um, Michael Bublé in a video and the video was supposed to be funny and blah, blah blah and all these like and he was doing I didn't even watch the full video it made me that mad so but like at the beginning he's like watering a plant he's like you can by watching me water this plant you're and as I'm watching it and not even I couldn't even finish it all I was thinking was this is literally just mocking and making light and a joke of what is going on and Belle is contributing to it like that's what very that's what like really frustrates me so basically yeah so they want you to use this watch these videos on it's like in around January the end of January every year they want you to use these filters on snapchat the hashtag on instagram watch the videos blah blah, blah and they'll donate five cents but what doesn't really add up there is that they're donating five cents for every person that uses these things when every person that does that is basically just getting Bell's name out there so they're profiting from off of the advertisement off of the advertisement of being like oh we give a shit about sorry but we give a shit about mental health come use our phone lines meanwhile they're charging thirty dollars and there's a 20 minute limit on long distance calls from jail for inmates. They're literally profiting off of the most marginalized groups possible. Interesting. I had well, no when, idea about that. When you look at the money too that's being donated. So usually these videos um, on Instagram, it was viewed like two, two million views um when you add that 2 million times 0.5 it's only like like I'll do it right now and it's not it's not that much money when you think of it and if they were really looking out and trying and how much to is help Bell making a year? how much is Bell making a year and this is the other thing is that they laid off hundreds of workers during the pandemic and they were still making bi- billions of dollars so they would only be donating like 1.2 million dollars to and I'll look up right now how much that bell makes. Mm-hmm. And what I don't get either is that it's one day where everyone can act like they give a shit and mental health matters every day. People commit suicide how many times a day? Um, suicide accounts for 24% of deaths in Canada between 15 to 24 year olds. Bell Canada makes wow. Bell Canada makes almost twenty four billion dollars <laughs> a year, and that just makes me angry. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, but like that that goes to show you in a way like the lack of education behind mental health and how much it's or how severely it affects people, like. Mental health is not talked about enough. Like in our classroom, Joey, in our classroom at site, we talk about mental health daily, almost 
daily. Like it is a very important conversation we ask. And Eric, our curator, does an absolutely like he does such an amazing he struggles job. struggles with those things too. And yes. that's, that's another like not it's not a good thing, but I think it's something that we can all have a conversation about. And he'll check in on us. And we have so many people in our little community that care about us. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, such an open space. Like, like it's a safe a lot space. of people know that during the summer I started coming out to some people as bisexual and all these things, and then I officially came out to like my parents and all that. But um, I was never like ashamed to say any of those things at school, or I never feared it because we just have this, um, like we all just care for each other and we love each other, and that, those things don't matter. It doesn't view each other differently. And we'll yeah. can talk openly about those things. And I think that's amazing because you can never do that. Like the public school I went to was Catholic and I could have never done that there. Yeah. And like, even still like, oh, like people are like saying, of course, like it's a Catholic school, but at the same time, like I s- still believe in God. That's something that's still, and I struggled that, with, with that for a long time because one, I was struggling with my sexuality when I went to this Catholic high school and I couldn't do that and I was able to think and not have that weight on me when I left right and then I like struggled with the god and sexuality complex for a long time and then I just finally realized like you know what like I believe in god I'm not sinning because I want to spread love and I love somebody that might be the same gender as me Right. Not just something yes. that I think that schools like that was such a hard thing. You're in, when there was two thousand, like almost five hundred people per grade at my old school. We have fifteen people at our school. Yeah, fifteen people. in the entire school. Yeah. <laughs> when I tell people that, they give me the big bug eyes. They're like, "What yeah. do you mean? There's only fifteen kids in your entire yeah. school?" <laughs> And that's another thing too is that lgbtq people have like way higher rates of mental health because of so much of the discrimination and homophobia that we face it's inevitable that if when those things happen that of course it's going to take a toll on you exactly yeah and like 77 percent of trans people have suicidal thoughts and 45 percent have attempted suicide which is just like heartbreaking that is super heartbreaking to hear yeah. I think that like Belle's intentions are somewhat like there but if they really did care about um, mental health awareness and um, like donating money why won't don't they do this every month or every week and do you ever I'm sorry but do you does anybody actually know where this money goes that's what something I'm always confused about because year after year they're donating millions of dollars and nothing is changing in the mental health system the same as it was when I was 13 when I couldn't receive help for months the same when I'm almost 18 and I still haven't received the help right yeah yeah it's definitely just like it is definitely part of the motive that they do it is for free promotion because when like even like hearing people talk about it like oh they're doing such an amazing job like getting this awareness out there um not stigmatizing mental health um but it's just if you look into bell's history too they have such poor labor like practices like it's actually like just crazy and so ironic that a company 
that tries to shush these things up and think they're in the clear because they're donating the smallest fraction of their annual income to mental health, which just makes it so they can profit more off of it. Um, like it's, it's just so hard to wrap your head around these things. Like it's just, it's so confusing. And, but like they try to shush these things up and like women were literally discriminated in the workplace for a very long time. And they would like the woman in Bell would always go on strikes. And this was, I don't know how recent this was, but it couldn't have been that long ago. I know that um, where one of their like, there was a high worker at Bell actually and she was experiencing a lot of mental health struggles and she needed time off that's what she needed she needed to go receive the help and she needed time off you know what Bell did they fired her oh that's horrible oh my god yeah the company that wants to end the stigma around mental health is firing somebody because they need mental health help yeah, that's definitely a. That's contradicting um, yourself. Just, just a tap. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> definitely a big contradiction. Yeah, but yeah. So when Joey, when you say that you are super grateful to be in sight, uh, compared to public school, what do you think public school could do more of that we are already doing in sight? Like, well, like I kind of said before, is that you need somebody in there that's that's not just that's actually qualified to help right. students and teenagers with their struggles and having those discussions and um, in class like we do and talking about those things because they're so condensed into that curriculum and learn this and this and I can't tell you two things I learned at that school the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell and y equals mx plus b those are the two things that I remember from that school but right. out of how many days I went there because they were trying to shove all the stuff into a cur- curriculum that I forgot about within two days after I memorized for the test. Right. It left my brain so I could go remember more stuff to do another test is that you're cramming these things all into this little time slot when we need to have these conversations. And that's, we right. literally do that every single Monday morning is that we don't, we just sit around and we just, we'll just talk about things that will happen in the past week and how everyone is doing. And we still have time to complete our tasks. Yep, that's so true. Yeah, I'm super appreciative of Sight for that. It's yeah. definitely something that we did not get in the public school system no. was a moment of time to, um, express how we were feeling, how we were doing. And that's what I'm really grateful for Site for. Is that we and also that the thing is, is that with 15 kids in school, you're like, we're super, I feel like we have a good relationship with Eric, um, our guy. Yes, for sure. Um, which basically, for people that are confused on what that means, he's basically our teacher. But once again, there isn't, this is something we need to get rid of, is that there's a mutual respect between us. So we call him by his first name and he calls us by our first name because we're not kids we're adolescents and we're Uh, young adults we're young adults and we should be treated as that as long as we give him the respect that he needs deserves and deserves then he'll give it right back and so we have a great relationship with him so I know that I don't fear telling him anything I can go up to him and be like here hey Eric 
um, can I pull you aside for a moment? I'm struggling right now, can I talk to you? And he would, and I've had those conversations with him before. And I've never been able to do that with one of my teachers because they're teaching 32 other kids in the class. And they also have four classes a day. So four right. times 30 is whatever, and it's not enough to be able to have that connection and be like, and everyone's always like, oh, if you're experiencing this, talk to someone you trust and talk to a teacher, talk to this. I don't trust a teacher. I barely know them. I'm just a number to them. That's true. I'm boiled down to my student ID there. Yep. You're just, yeah, you are hundred percent correct. Like that is very true in the public system. They, and that's, and it's, it's not all on the teachers either. Right. Like we can't put all the blame on them. And teachers. I'm not like once, like I'm not blaming teachers because they're just a part of this system. system and they're just trying to make, like, they're just trying to get through life as well. Yeah. At the same time, like teachers go on strike all the time and you wonder why. Yep. Like they, teachers know these things also is that they can't, they don't have the capacity to teach that many kids in that many classes per day. Yep, it's a lot of stress on everybody. It's definitely something that this education system needs to work on. Um, Like it does, in a funny way, it depends what lens you're looking through, but a lot of it does come down to mental health. Like for both teachers and students, like uh, the teachers struggle like the students do. Maybe not as bad, maybe worse. It depends on the day, the situation, of course. But like, um, I'm sure you could ask any high school teacher and a lot of family friends of mine are teachers, high school teachers. Yeah. And they have told me a lot about the stress about having to mark all these projects, having to um, communicate all these students. And it makes it so much worse when a student isn't doing the work because then they have to pause what they're doing and communicate with the student's family and I totally understand from both perspectives of how stressful it is and how time consuming it is. And it's really hard to focus on your own mental health during the school. Absolutely. I'm time, not saying all that it's the teacher problem or it's their fault because it isn't. Yeah. But it's, it's literally boils down to the government. Yeah. In society. Yeah. In a way it does for sure. And well, even now, like, with the pandemic and everything, um, it's a, a huge hypocrisy. Um, on because we have um, like our website for um, to access our school stuff, um, and it's called the Hub. So we um, we sorry, um, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <to answer. laughs> um, so right on the it's pinned. It's HWDSB helps, and it's like if you are we help. If you are having a mental health problem, you need to. Um, then these are the steps you can take. You can talk to the guidance counselors. You can talk to the teachers. You can talk to your parents, a loved one, whatever. But it's funny because this this semester, these past two semesters have probably been the sh- the most stressful semesters for any high school student because of course we're in a pandemic. So it is stressful for a lot of high school students um, with that alone. But 
at least when um because the first lot like the first lockdown happened in March at least during that time school was not mandatory and you could focus on your mental health you could focus on getting stuff done um to make sure that you are doing okay mentally during this pandemic you have the time to um like socialize with your family and call your friends and yeah. just be worry free um, and me and me and Kate were actually talking about this the other day, kind of like on we play Fortnite like almost every day together, and like a lot of people would say like okay that's not good for you, but at the same time like that's all I did last March, and because you just had that time to kill, and that's what made me happy was being able okay I'm just gonna play video games like okay like I'm keeping other people safe and I'm keeping my family safe by playing video games okay great, and we it was actually proven that we needed these things because I was all I was doing was FaceTiming my friend all day and we'd play together. And I was having that socialization. I was doing that. And like me and Kate were just talking about how like that first quarantine wasn't as bad as like right now. Cause it's just, it's just like, we feel like it's gotten worse. And even now, like, um, because school and yeah, okay, I get it. School has to be mandatory. And I'm not saying that's a, that's a bad thing because it does provide um, a, some sort of normalcy, even if it is online, but- Yeah. Um, and you still need to get your education. You still need to do these things, mm-hmm. but- And like throughout this whole past two semesters, I have felt so unmotivated because yes, I, I do online and that is my choice. Um, but the reason why I'm doing online is because I don't want to go into the school because of the pandemic. Um, I, because it is nerve wracking and that's where most of the cases, um, coronavirus cases come from is the public school and like elementary high school. So you can see as soon as we went back to school, the cases went up again. Like in the summer we were, you still like, we were able, able to have that bubble and you were able to hang out with a few of your close friends and everything. And you couldn't do that when school started again because the cases just went up and, because even like, the further we got into quarantine and when I had to like start doing school again is that um, I just didn't have that motivation in the morning again. Like I found, I found that and like, I just didn't want to get out of bed and join that call. And I was like, okay, like I usually love school. Like what is going on? And not to say that I wasn't enjoying it. I was just lacking that, that motivation, right? Like getting up in the morning, so hard. Mm-hmm. yeah you definitely weren't the only one struggling because I remember this time last year celebrating that we had those two extra weeks off from school yeah and then we never went back well actually we I had three because usually at site we get two weeks off um, right so last year like I had three weeks before I even got back to school and yeah all I did is my sister moved back home and I was so happy that my sister was with me and we would do like crafts every day and we would bake and we would do all these things and watch movies together and I was glad to have that time with her and like do those things without. And like, that's what my mom kind of said is she was like, I, I was kind of okay with that at first. She was okay with it at first because she was like, my whole family is here. Like I get to see them every day. Yeah. And that was like a great thing, but like, obviously like there's so much downside and upsides to social media and it's so hard because like I said, like I wouldn't have been able to survive without it during quarantine. But then there's that borderline, like, okay, like I'm getting addicted to it. And at least when the weather was nice and we were in quarantine, because we started in like March, and then as April and May approached, like the weather got nicer. So 
I would put in my AirPods, listen to like a podcast or an audio book and go for a long bike ride and be able to go outside and get some fresh air and like yeah. do those things and, and try to get away from social media. But then as the weather gets colder, you can't hang out with anybody, you can't do these things. Yeah, I can't be outside all the time. Spending my day on social media, which isn't good either. Because I'm, at the end of the day, I'm not fulfilled by it. I'm like, okay, I've wasted my whole entire day. It's not like I could have done anything on anywhere, but like at the same time, I could have done something else that was way more productive. And like, that's something that the social dilemma also really put into perspective was like once social media came out, because Gen Z was the first generation that grew up with like social media. Like we were like the first people to like get um, like social media in middle school. Like our parents, yeah, that's true. That, like they were already almost parents by the time that like Facebook was a thing. Yeah, if and you it, have older siblings, a lot of older siblings didn't get that too either. And I no, think it's like, really important. Her sister was like in grade nine when she thought like, oh my God, I have a Blackberry. And then the iPhone four came out and everyone had an iPhone four when they were in high school. And, like, when I was in grade 7, I had an iPhone 7. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy to think how much we've evolved with technology. Yeah. I think it's really important, though, that you have emphasized that um, a company that, like, so Bell, a a company that, in a way, promotes social media and promotes electronic device use um, is trying to destigmatize um mental health and donating um a fraction of what they are worth to wherever they donate it to because and i think that it's important that you emphasize it because most mental health problems are stemmed from social media from electronic device use um and it's like when i was going through rough things yeah go on Two industries that call their customers users, and those two industries are um, software. Social media mm-hmm. calls you like a yeah. user, and illegal drugs. Yeah, it's... think about that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely interesting thought that I've never even thought of. Yeah. And like my, yeah, like when I was going through things, um, the only, and it sounds so dumb, but because like social media would distract me from my mental health problems. Like I would go online, I would scroll down my Instagram feed, scroll down TikTok, wherever, go on YouTube um, and just do whatever. And it would distract me for a little bit of time. But overall, the screen time use was just piling up and it was causing more problems with my mental health. And I think that that's something that should be um, emphasized more is that you need to detach from your devices and you need to take a break from them um, because that could also help you. This is a mind blowing thing too, is that when you post things on Instagram, like how many times you're like, okay, this is the photo. And then you like pick out all the things that are wrong with it. And you're like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll post this one. You finally post a photo because you think it looks good and you're actually happy with it. But in the end, it leaves you more empty than before you posted it. 
They got yeah, I totally so understand what you're teenagers. Like, and that's something I'm actually really proud of Instagram for doing is removing that number from how many people have liked your post. Because that is something that I think they did a really good job on because in the social dilemma, you literally hear from people that have created things for social media and it's gotten so powerful and they don't know what they've created. They've had to step back. Imagine creating something and you're so scared of it that you have to leave the company that you created it with. Yeah, that's terrifying. But that's also today's society. Everybody judges everyone through social media. Like how many followers you have, how many likes you get. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous how many friends you have, like. And I used to, like, think about those things, too. And I used to, and if if you, my Instagram account used to be private, and I only had a couple photos, and I, you could barely see my face in some of them, too. It's because I was so scared of posting those things, and I would literally talk to, like, my best friends, and I'd be like, this like I look so bad and she's like just do it just do it and it literally would take me days to post a photo before I was okay with it and the more longer I went on and I would just pick up more things so I was like okay fine I'm just gonna do it and now like I I just did a lot of thinking and I was like you know what like I don't care I find this really good I'm thinking of my Instagram and in a way where this is a collection for my memories and my photos and things I want to look back at and remember and be proud of and look at myself and be like that was a good photo of myself I like that I don't care what anybody else thinks and my account is like public now I have a whole bunch of photos because I feel more comfortable posting now and because I just don't care anymore I'm like this isn't for anybody else I don't care how many likes I get I don't care about anything but the fact that I like that photo that photo was for me not to see how many people would like it not to see if that one person I like is gonna like my photo or see it or blah blah, blah. but because I like it and I think that's something that we need to start talking about and I think a lot of people need yeah. to realize that yeah, not, like, that's not something that not a lot of people can realize that and I've had to take like upon myself to try to think about these things when not receiving that help and like not a lot of people can do that yeah, it's definitely um, something we need more of. Like, we need more support. And I feel like people need just, like, just be nicer to yourself and everyone else. Like, there's literally no reason to be mean or, or like, oh, rude to someone. I always, or... say to people, I always say this to people and that whatever they're arguing or, like, they're being mean to somebody or whatever the case may be, I always say to them, it takes way more effort to be mean than to be nice. Yeah, it's true. It does. Because you have to stew and think about these things when you're coming up with insults and being mean to somebody. Like, being nice is literally a smile. Is how are you? Literally just simple things like that. And nobody, hardly anybody in our generation does that. And it's sad. I know. Like, it's, it's... yeah, um, it's just crazy to think about how our society is run by this artificial intelligence, this digital thing, this yeah, this phone, this iPhone controls your life and how people see you and how you see other people. Like, if yeah. we didn't have this technology, 
I'm sure the world would be such a happier place if we didn't have all this social media, if we didn't have the burden of having to look good on the internet, um, to yeah. have to to have to reach up to these higher standards that people hold of you. Like, who cares? Just be yourself. That's way more unique than having to be somebody you're not. Yeah, exactly. And that was the thing, too, is that people would always tell me on, like, Instagram and stuff, like, my friends were always being like, you look nothing like your persona on Instagram is nothing like you. And I thought about that. And, like, they didn't mean it in, like, a rude way or anything. They were just, like, pointing it out. And, like, it was, like, a conversation or whatever. But then I literally was up at night thinking about that. And I was like, why is that? Like, do I want that? Do I want to create this false sense for people that I barely even know that follow me on Instagram? Do I want that? No. Yeah. Like. And I just started, I started wearing the clothes I usually dress in on Instagram. I started doing, like, I just, I don't care anymore. And this is me. If you don't like me, that's fine. Because I probably don't like you either. So, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even, like, looking, like, okay, so 10 years ago, there was only, like, two or three social media platforms and it was Facebook, um, Instagram and Snapchat, let's just say. Those they were those were the three yeah. main ones that people use. And now 10 years later, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Snapchat, there's TikTok, there's Visco, yeah. there's um Pinterest, like Twitter. Pinterest, Twitter. Well Twitter, yeah, Twitter was also yeah. But even on TikTok, like there is so much um you post something and people have to turn off their comments because there's so much hatred there's so much drama and there's so yeah. much like just negative negativity and it's like That's thing. It's literally celebrities i know a bunch of celebrities that literally don't let people comment on their instagram photos well the because they just is- get, like there's so many trolls and just mean people out there and how much time do you take out of your day to post that mean comment on somebody that you don't even know personally and that is a celebrity how much time did that take out of your day sending that yeah like what do you gain from it well you could have just liked it and kept scrolling well even a mainstream artist even a mainstream artist that um turned off their comments which is very shocking because like you would think as a multi grammy winning artist and a all like just she probably wouldn't care as taylor swift um, because she would get yeah. hatred and comments um, because all she like all the this these sexist comments about oh um, all you do is write songs about um, your past breakups and all that stuff. And here's with the thing Kanye though, West. Like, I don't even know if I follow Taylor Swift or anything on Instagram because personally I don't like her new music. And like I might not agree with some of the things that she said, so like I just don't follow people like that because I'm not gonna see something that may make me like angry or I'm not I'm not gonna like on Instagram I just don't follow those things right because why would I want something on my feed that I don't care about literally those trolls can literally just unfollow just don't even look at the account it's taking more time out of your day to go follow that person to go view their things to go comment on it and like that is something that like absolutely even if I don't really like Taylor Swift at the same time I don't wish that upon anybody which is why I think like, they should they should take away like the dislike button on Facebook, on YouTube, or no, it wasn't Facebook, it definitely YouTube, 
Uh, they used to have a dislike button on Facebook. I think they got rid of it, but they should like take off the dislike button for YouTube because really, why is it there? I have never disliked a video. If I don't like it, I just imagine watch if there it. was a dislike button on Instagram and TikTok. Do you know how much oh, that would, would just horrible. people? Yeah, it would be yeah, like just causing all these insecurities and yeah okay so this has been <laughs> a little bit of a heavy topic so i think i'm just gonna kind of bring it to an end joey thank you so much for joining us on this episode and for absolutely yeah and for sharing your stories and your opinions we really do appreciate it um thank you for everybody who has listened um joey's information will be in the bio or whatever however that works yeah. in the description <laughs> in the description you guys should definitely go check her out um she uh she's in the middle of writing a book or something you want to tell us a little bit about that i am but that's kind of on the down low and there's a little secret account for only a few friends of mine right now because one day i'm going to reveal it but i'm in the process right now of writing a book yes which i think that that's amazing and that it's and it basically goes into um I got the inspiration sorry and I know Ayla you're trying to wrap this up I'm just gonna add this at the end here is that I got the inspiration from like Nash Greer who was like a huge um celebrity and he came out on like Vine and had all these things but now he has like this beautiful family and he has a biography and I was reading it and something that like really stuck with me was find your purpose change the world and that was yeah. like huge and he goes into all these things and he shares his stories and the things he's learned from them and I was like okay I really want to help people somehow and I thought how can I do it with the information I have so it's basically going to be a book about like LGBTQ and just being happy and um, finding yourself within that community so but thank you guys so much for having me and thank you of course for joining us yeah, thank Very you for joining amazing. us. Thank you for everyone who's listening. Um, please follow us on Instagram. Check out our page. Subscribe. Um, it's also weird. <laughs> you can also like find YouTuber. me on Instagram at Joey Olechno. That's O-L-E-C-H-N-O. We'll put it in the description. <laughs> yeah, please Thanks. check out Joey. She's a wonderful, awesome person. Um, and thank you guys for, and we'll see you next Friday on the Quarantines Podcast.